Welcome to a, I guess we'll call this a special edition of Old Nerd, Young Nerd. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a mini anthology on the man, the myth, the legend. Stan Lee. For, um, you know, going through his life, his impact. On us, uh, specifically. On us. On, on everyone. On the, on the world. On the world, yeah. Um, but uh, welcome to another edition of Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Todd. I'm Derek. And uh, why don't you start out? Stan Lee. Uh, Stan Lee. Um, I I didn't know who he was before I knew... You know, I, I learned about his characters before I learned about him, which I think probably most of us can right. say. Yeah. Um, so I was born in 88, so I grew up with a lot of 90s TV. So mm-hmm. two two of my favorite cartoons growing up were uh, Spider Man and X Men the animated each the animated series. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider Man was um, November nineteenth of ninety four through January thirty first of ninety eight was when they were putting out new episodes, and X Men was October thirty first of ninety two through September twentieth of ninety seven. Mm-hmm. They had crossover episodes, and it was great, right. great good stuff. Oh no, I remember. So I that too. that introduced me to Marvel Comics. And uh, the characters of Marvel. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually find out who Stan Lee was, probably, definitely until the 2000s. I think I was first introduced to him through The Simpsons. Yeah, I, um, I, I you know what, and season, I, I'm on again, 13, off again Season 13, episode 18, I Am Yellow. It was, uh, yeah. Bart was trying to make a comic, he went to the comic book guy to get a criticism on it. He offered negative criticism, then Stan Lee just randomly showed up, um offered positive reinforcement, although negative criticism. Uh-huh. I, I thought it was funny. He put an X-Men comic in front of a Superman comic. <laughs> then then that all happened, and then you find out Stanley hasn't left, and the comic book guy thinks he's kind of senile. He destroys a kid's Batmobile with a Thing doll because he says the thing's more exciting than Batman. <laughs> and then Homer gets painted green and he's acting like the Hulk and Stanley's like, he can't be the Hulk, I'm the Hulk, and he tries to transform, but he can't, because obviously it was, that was my first introduction to, to him and then you kind of find out that I mean, learning about him he's just this really awesome dude and it's kind of interesting um, and this is super, kind of where the super nerd, actually yeah, this is kind of where nerds. the old nerd, young nerd in us come to be because your introduction to Stanley was more him as Stanley. Yes. Whereas, and, and there's a subtle difference. Um, I came to know him more as the creator of uh, the series. Uh, the first time I ever remember was Spider Man and His Amazing Friends. It was a three season. Uh, Spider-Man cartoon on Saturday morning. Yes, I um, I have seen episodes of that. Yeah, I think that it started in uh, September of '81 and went till November of '83. Uh, but he always had these little brief intros and you know voiceovers with that. Oh, really? But, yeah. Okay. Like, and and you know, the the very intro, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. You know that, and then you would always. Um, have little blurbs to say, but where I, you know, that was my kind of first introduction to the interaction between Stan Lee, the writer and publisher, with um, 
more so the comics where it was Stan's bullpen and there was always like letters to the editor and everything else. Right. I mean, what what year were you born again? 71. All right. So I think, you know, a couple years after that was when uh Stanley went from being like a writer to the full-time publisher. Publisher, right. of Marvel. Mhm. And he along with Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko kind of were kind of reinvented um the comics industry right um oh, where well, where okay oh, i mean if you want to yeah talk well together stanley and steve ditko created spider-man and doctor strange but you can't name a marvel character like i have a whole list you can't name a marvel character that stanley didn't have a hand in creating right I mean, you, you, I guess you, technically you can name Captain America and, like, Namor, the Submariner, mm-hmm. because they existed in the 40s before he started working for Marvel. Right. Or what became Marvel. Mm-hmm. But even he, he helped reimagine those characters and bring them back into the forefront of the comics in the f- 60s, I think it was, when the Avengers and everything came right. out. Um, let's take a back step. Uh, we were talking about just basically our first introductions but stan lee was actually born uh stanley martin lieber december 28th of 20 1922 um he later changed his name to stan lee because he was kind of how would you put that derek he wasn't really he didn't really want people to know well at at the time um comic being involved with comic books was not um, favorably looked upon. I don't think it was favorably looked upon, though. To be honest with you, until like the the mid to late eighties, you know, for all well, intents after, and purposes. I mean, after the comic book boom of the sixties, the golden era of comics, I think it. Yeah, it was okay. I guess, but it never meets. But, it yeah, never he, hit mainstream until Stanley turned his name into a pen name. So that when he eventually wrote his great novel, no one would associate him with comic books. Right. Which is kind of ironic, considering how history played out. Yeah. Sometimes uh, life isn't what you intended, but in, Stan- but I think I it mean, worked out great for him. Right. Because he, he helped reinvent what the comic book was, mm-hmm. and, while also legally changing his name to his pen name. So Right. Um, but what he also did was comic books were always set in this fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he, with, he made them DC. more reality based. Exactly. Like uh, he introduced characters who had flaws, personality flaws. Uh, Not just guys that, that but also were in the real world. It oh, wasn't right. like DC where it was like Gotham Central City, City and... or Gotham City. Well, real cities do exist in DC. Now. Now. Oh, you're talking old school. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, we're talking about, you know, decades ago. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, now now they exist along with the fake cities. Right. Now, Gotham, not to go on a tangent, uh, but Gotham City was always perceived to be New York City. Well, actually, Gotham City is based on Atlantic City. Atlantic City? Yes. Gotham City is based on Atlantic City, and it's situated in New Jersey. And Metropolis is in Delaware. Really? Yes, they're right across the bay from each other. And that's the logic? I, I never heard that before. Yeah. Oh. 
All right, well, let's go back to what we're talking about that's, with Stanley. That's research um, Dave and I have done on oh, it. Oh, nice. So we could be very wrong. Yeah. But, because to me, Metropolis was always more New York. Well, yeah, that's true, too. But right. I would never have said that Gotham was Atlantic City. That's, again, that was, that was just research Dave and I have done on it. Because right. Dave and I are huge DC nerds. Oh, okay. All right, well, let's go back to Stan Lee. Yep, Stan the Man Lee. Um, he actually started in 1939 with Timely Comics as an assistant, which eventually evolved into Marvel Comics. Listen, I would work as an assistant, too, just, just to be involved. Yeah, like, but what? basically he was he was kind of like a gopher yeah. at the very beginning. Right, filling Getting up ink, ink wells and right. uh, running around to grab lunch and coffee and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Right, and he would erase the uh, the stencil lines from a finished product. Right, and this was right as World War II was ramping up. Yep, and uh, his first actual work as a text filler was on Captain America number three, August of forty one, right, where which is a couple months before um, Pearl Harbor. Right. But it was it was well into World War Two? Yes, pre pre U.S. involvement. And it, you know, it was we were reading up on this. He actually was part of the trademark ricocheting of the shield toss that Captain America does. Oh, really? When he's bouncing it around and everything, like a yeah, like a pinball, um, and then it comes back because they do it in the movies now too. But yeah. he was actually considered a part of that whole process. Did Captain America have the round shield in the 40s? I believe so. I thought he had like the regular looking shield back then and he was reconned in the 50s or 60s to have the round I'm, one. I'm not sure what the shape of it was but the whole you know kind of like shield boomerang toss, type yeah. of thing um, that was from that time period. Well, how about that? And that was back in uh, 41. 42 uh, Stanley went into the uh, Army Signal Corps and he was actually part of the training film division going on training you know basically like the films that yeah. uh, oh, they used to train wrote, he wrote training manuals mm-hmm. and all that stuff right which I mean makes sense you want to put guys where they'll succeed you have a guy from the publishing business right put him to work. No, totally. Um, fast forward to like the 50s and uh, we come upon the Avengers again where they're basically bringing about the um, a bunch of heroes and they included in the Avengers was Captain America and as you said before Submariner mm-hmm. who's who's actually kind of like one of my favorite characters um just because of his powers but he's basically Aquaman I mean for all the intents and purposes Aquaman yeah yeah um but uh you know Submariner Captain America and the other early members of the Avengers force yep and that's where he started um, with respect to the comics, and my first introduction was the comics was you know obviously when I was like seven or eight, 
and we used to get these secondhand comics where they would cut off like the top half of the um, comic book um, cover, and it's basically like those were supposed to go back to the publisher and destroyed, but you know it was like you know this is back it was Berlin Auction where we would get these whole stacks and my father would get them, but. Um, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around cutting the top half of a cover off. It's basically what they do with books, too. Like, if you have, like, say you, for instance, um, if you order a thousand books yeah. from a publisher, right? If you rip off the cover uh-huh. and send it back, that's basically considered destroyed, and you would get credit for that. Oh. Uh, so the same thing. Uh, went with comics except they would cut like the top half of the comic off interesting so it was considered basically um destroyed just a way for comic book stores to get some money back basically right it's more of a credit right you know if they weren't all sold like if they got 100 copies and they only sold 50 they would cut off the top and a lot of times what they would do is they would throw it away and they would send the other half back to the publisher Mm-hmm. saying these were destroyed. They weren't really destroyed. Right. Because they ended up in, like, little swap meets and everything else. Right. Where you might pay, like, a dime for it or something. But, that you know, going back to my point, that's where I started reading uh, the bullpen bulletins uh, where people would write in to Stanley and, you know, ask questions of the writers or anything like that. And it was kind of like the first interaction between the fans and um, the creators of the comics, which really never happened before either. Right. Um, and then there was Stan Soapbox, uh, which was also kind of like his sort of... How do I put this? Um, I, I guess basically his opinions on every little thing, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying just to make the world a better place. And... It also really was the start of all of the major characters in the 60s that we know today. Right. Well, like, my favorite kind of story about that is, uh, you know, Stan Lee created Iron Man on as, like, a dare, basically, because so, I forget who, so, like, challenged him to create a character that no one would like and make him success, like, an unlikable character and make him successful. So Tony Stark? Yeah. So that's that's basically how Iron Man came to be. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a. You never heard that one? No, I think I didn't. Well, no. Uh, Spider Man starred in Amazing Fantasy. I think Iron Man was Tales to Behold, or I don't know about that. Uh, it was Tales to Astonish. I think I could be wrong. I might be wrong. You usually are. I usually am not. <laughs> um. But, you know, that brings us into um, the age where he basically has... that. This was another um, unique thing to Stan Lee where they all lived basically in the same universe. Yes. You know, prior to this, um, each comic was a world in unto themselves. Uh, now, obviously, later on... You know, everyone else would jump on the bandwagon uh, where they're all in the same world. But 
Stanley kind of really uh, pushed that through, and that's also how the Avengers came to be, because mm-hmm. they were also the Avengers were their own individual stories. Um, Black Widow, I, like you said, Iron Man, um, you know, a, a bunch of different characters. Well, the Fantastic Four, which was the first Fantastic. big success of uh, Stanley. Fantastic, and uh, you know, with Jack Kirby. The thing that always surprised me with Fantastic Four is... is how terrible their movies are. No, that's exactly... I wasn't going to say it in that that way, but like, Fantastic Four always was a big seller at comic book shops well, it's, from a comic standpoint. It, but it's Marvel's first big success. It's Stanley's first big success. And yet, like film-wise, they're treated like... No, I mean they had a se- they had a seventies version. Or at least they can't tell the story right. No one's been able to tell I, I the story. I think that's right. what it is. Um, I mean, I liked the Fantastic Four movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the it's not they're not okay. like my favorite comic book movies, and I don't know if it's just they. I don't know if it's just the writing or that, like you said, they're not getting the story right to you know convert that. I know that they were trying in Fantastic the second one. Rise of the Silver Surfer, mm-hmm. because Silver Surfer was a huge, you know, fan favorite as well. Was actually a spinoff from Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah, created along with it, mm-hmm. basically in the Galactus storyline. Yeah. So, and and then they tried to reinvent it, like with a bunch of young people, which I think was really um, where they really failed. Like, why are you trying to reinvent? them as 20-somethings, because they right. weren't. Um, I, I, I like the original... Um, oh, and just so you know, the Justice League is three years older than the Avengers. Oh. Okay. So it could be said that they might have taken that storyline from DC. Well, comic books always borrow from each other. Yeah. Um... But anything so far on our part one that you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Yeah, we're going to keep these as kind of like short, segmented episodes. Right. Um, Just because there's there a lot to talk about with Stan Lee. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to be bouncing back and forth on this, but um, he was a huge impact. Um, his stories, what he tried to convey, with great power comes great, great. responsibility. Yeah, he, he was the first guy to really put like... Uh, social issues, like real-world social issues in right. the comic books. And um, we're going to talk about that next, um, where he released um, a comic book in, I believe it was the 70s, that did not get um, approved by the Comics Code Authority. Right, with the drug usage. Right. Even though it was anti-drugs, mm-hmm. because it had drugs in it, they wouldn't put their seal on it. Right. And he kind of helped change the game. But, I mean, he, he tackled racism and everything else back yep. in, like, the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, he, 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 was, he, uh, he, he was ahead of his time when no one would touch those issues. Yeah, I mean, before, comics were just, like, the only people that you were fighting were, like, these, you know, um, outer space villains or whatever else. Right, were Nazis Not, or... Right. Um, but we're we're going to go into that um, in this. This is going to be like a mini anthology for us uh, going forward uh, with Stan Lee. Um, he was 95 when he died. I mean, God bless him. Yeah, right. 
Um, I and to... every film, he he didn't look sickly or anything else. I mean, well, he looked. And you know, it was just really impressive to me that he did comic cons, and you know, went and met fans and stuff until basically he he couldn't anymore. Yeah, like, I mean, like well it, it was kind of like one of my regrets is that I actually never got to see him. Right, because you're the in big person. con guy autograph. Hunter. Yeah, I was really looking forward to trying to get him this uh, this time around. But right, well, because you didn't assume, happen. like, oh, Stanley's immortal. He'll, yeah. be, he'll be at yeah. the next one. He'll be at the next one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this is going to wrap up uh, this short mini episode of Stanley Continuing Tribute. I'm Todd. I'm Derek. And, and uh, like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. And remember, normal is the new boring. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye.